Here. Commissioner Griffin? Here. Commissioner Halsey? Here. Commissioner Jupiter Jones? Here. Commissioner Louie? Here. Commissioner Mazzola? Here. Thank you. <clears throat> the San Francisco Recreation and Park Commission acknowledges that we occupy the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatish Ohlone peoples, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. We honor the Ramatish Ohlone peoples for their enduring commitment to Mother Earth. As the indigenous protectors of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatish Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As stewards of parkland, we recognize our duty to honor the Ohlone through thoughtful and informed preservation and interpretation of ancestral land. As uninvited guests, we affirm their sovereign rights as First Peoples and wish to pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, and relatives of, of the Ramatish community. Good morning and welcome to the Recreation and Park Commission this Thursday, April 21st, 2022. This meeting is being held in hybrid format, which means it is occurring in person in City Hall Room 416, but there are also options to participate remotely. Members of the public who are joining us in Room 416 must be seated at all times unless you are up to speak during public comment. If there are not, well, you're not, there's plenty of seats today, so I, I won't bother with that piece of it. <laughs> You may view the meeting live on SFGov TV, and you may also call in to listen to the meeting and provide public comment remotely. Before we begin, I would like to remind all individuals present and attending the meeting in person today that all health and safety protocols and building rules must be adhered to at all times. This includes wearing your mask over your mouth and nose while you're inside the commission hearing room. Failure to adhere to these rules and requirements may result in your removal from this room. We appreciate your cooperation with these important rules and requirements in the interest, in the interest of everyone's health and safety. Please also note that hand sanitizer stations are available throughout the building and at each elevator, and masks are available upon request at any of the City Hall entrances. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes to speak. Comments or opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available via phone by calling 415-655-0001, and the access code is 2480-097-5558. When you hear the agenda item you would like to comment on call, dial star three to be added to the queue to speak. You will be lined up in the system in the order you dial star three. While you are waiting, the system will be silent. The system will notify you when you are in line and waiting. All callers will remain on mute until their line is open. Everyone must account for the time delays and speaking discrepancies between live coverage and streaming. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in either of the following ways, by emailing recpark.commission at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be included in the legislative file as part of the matter. Written comments may also be sent via the U.S. Postal Service to San Francisco Recreation and Park Commission, 501 Stanyan Street, San Francisco, California, 94117. Please note that this commission meeting is being recorded. We are now on item two, the continuation of remote meetings. Are you looking for the commission to adopt the uh, resolution? So we can continue any remote meetings necessary for the next 30 days. Uh, do we want to ask for any public comment? Do we have any public comment on item two in the room? Seeing no public comment in the room. SFGov TV, do we have any public comment? Oh, zero, zero public comment on the line. Seeing no public com comment, public comment is closed. Chair would entertain a motion. Seconded. Moved and seconded. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Yep. <laughs> Sounds like it's unanimous <laughs> it around sure is. the world. Okay. Motion passes. We are now on item three, President's Report. Thank you very much. Um, 
as is my custom when we receive uh, laudatory comments unsolicited from the public about our department, I always like to acknowledge them. This is a communication to General Manager Ginsburg. I wish to commend and thank Ms. Brianna Velasco for her exceptional patron service. Uh, she answered all my questions very clearly and efficiently. I also purchased 20 visits to the North Beach Swimming Pool to add to the number of visits I had left on my card. Ms. Brianna Velasco provides exceptional customer service. She's exquisitely professional. I can tell Ms. Velasco takes her great pride in her job and really enjoys her job. Uh, she's a wonderful and great ambassador for San Francisco Parks and Recreation Department. She deserves the highest awards and commendations from Rec and Park. Best regards, etc. We'll keep. Second one uh, comes from uh, to to Mr. Uh, Ginsburg as well. Hang on here a minute. Uh, <coughs> this is uh, to. Uh, Phil Ginsburg and uh, a Mr. Nate. So Phil can identify who Mr. Nate is for Nate me. Nate Ford. Nate Ford. Uh, I know you said you don't do this, but I want you to have. Uh, I want you to have done for myself, my girls, and others is just wonderful. The things you've done for us is very much appreciated. My name is Thomas Wilson. I'm deaf and living in a family shelter in the Tenderloin. I want to express my deepest gratitude for Mr. Nate Ford, who's helped me navigate the processes in enrolling my children in summer programs. Mr. Nate has sat with me and even helped me fill out the forms necessary to ensure that my kids will have a great summer. His patience with me, as well as his willingness to go the extra mile to make sure that my kids are fed each day, has been one of the greatest moments that has happened to me in a while. I'm a single father who has fallen on hard times recently, and my kids are my rock and all I have. Nate takes the time to make sure that even now they have activities to do on the weekends. Mr. Nate has even gone out of his way to connect me with a part-time job at the recycling plant. I could never pay Mr. Nate, Nate back for all the assistance that he's provided to me and my kids. I can only think that God has sent Mr. Nate to help me to help me get back on my feet. For that, I am forever grateful to him I'd like to say that in return, I've taught him how to communicate with a deaf person as he signs to me a little bit now. Please, if there's an award for a great employee, I think Mr. Nate should be the front runner. His connections and resources to not only me, but other residents here are unmatched. His sense of community and understanding make him a superhero to many. Please extend my gratitude to Mr. Nate for all the work he does with underserved communities and people with disabilities. He is a gem. And that's really a very rewarding uh, communication on a number of fronts. And so, uh, Mr. Ginsburg, please extend to both those employees the commission's uh, commendation for their extraordinary service. Thank you, Mr. President. I can think of actually no greater honor and commendation than having uh, them acknowledged at this commission by you and our your fellow commissioners. And uh, I will certainly pass that along. Thank you very much. That concludes my report. <laughs> Is there any public comment on the president's report in room 416? Seeing none. Is there any zero on the line? I just want to remind folks that are on the line, because there are a couple of people called in, that you can dial star three to be added to the queue to speak. 
Um, but seeing no comment on the line, public comment is closed. We are now on item four, the general manager's report. Thank you, Ashley. Good morning, commissioners. Um, I want to thank everyone who came out to our spring extravaganza event this past weekend, which was excellent at Crocker <laughs> Amazon Park, uh, including commissioners Hallisey, Griffin, and Louie. This year's free event attracted approximately 3,500 kids and parents who enjoyed egg hunts, carnival rides, games, big truck, live entertainment, and more. I want to give special thanks to our entire staff, but particularly Anne-Marie Donnelly, Danny Agawa, and the entire recreation division, the structural maintenance yard, custodians and gardeners, as well as our throng of volunteers and supporters who made this event happen. Coming out of the pandemic, our staff has again proven to be one of the most talented and nimble groups of employees in the city, able to pivot on a dime, work together, and serve the needs of the city. It was really a a joyous afternoon and I really enjoyed my time with uh, the three of you out there. Thank you for coming, really appreciate it. Um, you ready for this? So, speaking of joint efforts, <laughs> an estimated 20,000 people came out to celebrate the highly <laughs> anticipated return of the annual 420 marijuana event at Hippie Hill in Golden Gate Park after a two-year hiatus due to the pandemic. The event was a star-studded affair with appearances, no joke, by Mike Tyson, Too Short, the rapper Burner, comedians Jeff Ross and Hannibal Burris, and a couple of their buds named Herb and Mary Jane. <laughs> to be blunt, this event has been a strain on our resources in the past. But several city agencies, uh, obviously including ours, the Office of Cannabis, the Department of Public Health, SFPD, SF Fire, the Department of Emergency Management, MTA, came together and hashed out the details with local <laughs> merchants and event organizers to enjoy, uh, to ensure a safe and enjoyable event for everyone. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> 420 is the Super Bowl of dad jokes. Um, and if I may be uh, just serious for a second, uh, to your hiatus, and for those of you who don't know, this was always an event that happened to us, whether we liked it or not. And uh, actually, our mayor uh, was extremely courageous when she was a supervisor and said, listen, we need to ensure public safety, and let's just, you know, even before cannabis was legal, we're going to put some structure to this. We had an amazing partner, uh, or, uh, event production company called Sounds Bazaar, uh, Alex Aquino, who is a Haight-Ashbury merchant who really works very hard with us to make sure that this event is smooth. And uh, you know, if you had asked me in, back in 2013 or 2014 whether in 2022 uh, 420 would include food trucks, uh, music comedians, and a VIP area, I would have asked you what you were smoking. <laughs> um, but it was probably the smoothest event that we've had. I really want to uh, congratulate our new uh, uh, Chief Ranger, Dave Murphy, Marcus Santiago, and the entire team. Uh, it does require us to be out alert and attentive from about 5 a.m. to you know about 6 or 7 p.m. But the cleanup went really swimmingly last night. The park is in great shape. Uh, and I think for the entire day, there may have only been four EMT calls. 
and nothing serious, no transfers. So everybody was healthy, which was the most important part of the day. Uh, and obviously there was some enthusiasm and ebullience after a two-year uh, hiatus. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm very proud of our, our hmm. collective efforts in that regard. All right. Um, it is Earth Month, and you can celebrate Earth Month this weekend by getting outside in our parks and participating in a number of activities and volunteer events, including a park-wide volunteer day in Golden Gate Park with one tree planted this Saturday, April 23rd, from 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. to sign up for a specific location, including Conservatory Valley, the Music Concourse, Mother's Meadow, or Robin Williams Meadow, you can visit our website at sfrecpark.org. There will also be a bike ride for climate action this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. celebrating Earth Day and the recent passage of San Francisco's Climate Action Plan. In partnership with the San Francisco Department of the Environment, this family-friendly educational bike ride will stop at multiple sites in the park, showcasing what San Francisco and its residents are doing to create a sustainable, low-carbon city. There will also be an Earth Day on the Green celebration at Alamany Farm from 10 a.m. to 12.30, featuring farm tours, fresh produce, plantings, performances, workshops, kids' games, and more, and an international Earth Day celebration with the Golden Gate Park Audubon Society, not the Golden Gate Park Audubon Society, with the Golden Gate Audubon Society, and Assembly Member Phil Ting on Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. Details on all of these events and others going on throughout the rest of the month in celebration of Earth Month can be found on our website at sfrecpark.org. Uh, Commissioner Louie, Commissioner Jones, uh, for you in particular, although I think there are some other dog going, oh, Commissioner Buell, Dogfest, join McKinley Elementary for Dogfest, a celebration of dogs, families, and community at DuBose Park on uh, also this Saturday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. This event is a charitable event that raises funds for McKinley Elementary School. Starting 15 years ago as a small grassroots event, Dogfest has grown into a beloved San Francisco tradition. The park fills with carnival-style games staffed by McKinley students, while at the top-end jumping castles keep the little ones busy. Dogs are the star of the event, of course, with a day-long show and contest. There will also be food trucks, book fair, merchant stalls, doggy adoption zone, and much, much much more. Um, it's a busy day on Saturday. Uh, you can also head to the Tenderloin to join Mobilize Love and Circus Center for the Tenderloin Kids Carnival at the Tenderloin Rec Center, which is 570 Ellis Street. This event will feature free food, raffle prizes, games, circus activities, and more. Uh, and uh, huh, yet there's more. You can join the San Francisco Public Library, Rec and Park, and Community Partners for Dia de los Niños and Dia de los Libros, a day celebrating children and books. The free event will take place on Sunday, April 24th from noon to 4 p.m. at Parque Niños, uh, Niños Unidos, uh, which is on uh, 23rd Street. There will be entertainment, joy, and literacy for the whole family. San Francisco Children and Nature and Rec Park will be leading Create with Nature programming. Uh, I have a quick update on Camp Mather, specifically uh, the Senior Camp Mather Getaway. The deadline to register for the Senior Camp Mather Getaway Lottery is tomorrow, Friday, April 22nd. This four-night trip from August 21st to the 25th with a fabulous 50s 
STEAM provides an opportunity for those 55 and better to relax, lounge, enjoy nature, and have a good time. Activities include arts and crafts, sing-alongs, exercise classes, nature hikes, a one-day trip to Yosemite National Park, and more. For more information, including costs and requirements, you can visit sfrecpark.org. Our regular Camp Mather season still has room with 234 vacancies as of yesterday. Staff is currently working to fill those spots from folks on the wait list. Uh, the way it works is if you register for the, uh, the lottery and you didn't get a spot, you go on a wait list based on your preferred weeks. And then where you sit on the wait list, we just literally work it down and see if you're available <coughs> to go. Uh, our summer day camps, in addition to Mather, our summer day camps have uh, about 1,000 openings out of more than 9,000 due to a number of cancellations. We again uh, offered, uh, uh, well, this summer, <coughs> we again offered priority registration to scholarship families and Requity public housing families, resulting in nearly 3,000 registrations from nearly 750 unique customers during that period. That is something, commissioners, that you should all be very proud of. This is an, an, a new thing. We actually give advanced free registration to our uh, public housing and equity families. In total, we've given over 1,500 unique scholarships to families this year. Uh, but for those parents who are tripping out about what their kids are going to do this summer, come see us. We still have spots, and we have wonderful <laughs> camps, wonderful, affordable, uh, camps where uh, you can also get scholarships if eligible all summer long. Uh, last but not least, we are very excited to share that the new Francisco Park will finally be opening next Wednesday, April 27th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. This brand new park includes a playground, dog play area, community garden, and more. You can join us for the ribbon cutting uh, brief remarks and activities throughout the day. This park project was a public-private partnership with the Francisco Park Conservancy. In 2014, our department acquired an underutilized reservoir site at Bay Street and Hyde from the Public Utilities Commission. When the park opens next Wednesday, the project will officially mark the transformation of this abandoned reservoir site into a new public park with access to some of San Francisco's most iconic views <coughs> of the day. Um, and that, Mr. President, concludes the general manager's report. Thank you very much. Is there any public comment on the general manager's report in room 416? Okay, seeing none, is there any public comment on our line? You can dial star three to be added to the queue. Seeing no hands raised there, public comment is closed. We are now on item five. General public comment up to 15 minutes. This item will be continued to item number 10. At this time, members of the public may address the commission on items of interest to the public that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the commission and that do not appear on the agenda. With respect to agenda items, you will have the opportunity to address the commission when the item is reached in the meeting. So if there's anyone on the line who would like to speak during general public comment, you can dial star three now. We are gonna take public comment in room 416 first. So if you're here for general public comment, please come up to the mic. You'll have two minutes to speak. Hello, commissioners. I'm Bruce Stone. I'm a resident of the marina and also a birth holder in West Harbor. Um, on March 17th, you had a hearing regarding a rent increase for dredging of West Harbor. 
Now, normally an expenditure of over $500,000 would go to your operations committee and your capital committee, and also the people affected would have a notice. None of that occurred. It was rushed up to your peer committee for a vote without enough uh, discussion. Two minutes is not enough to give you the information. Um, and we're requesting that you reopen that before it goes to the Board of Supervisors. Otherwise, all this is going to be aired from the Board of Supervisors, wasting everyone's time. So I believe it should be remanded back to the Operations Committee and the Capital Committee so we can come in and have a very good discussion. You can hear the other points of view. As you know from the letters I've sent you, uh, a lot of the information you received was incorrect. There was no notice to the birth holders at all, even though um, Mr. Garris said there was. Uh, the CPI, the increases have been 277% since the project was begun, not the CPI. There's no waiting list. Nobody wants any of the slips that are available because they're too shallow. A 40-foot berth, which I'm on the waiting list for, you have to have a boat that draws only five or six feet, according to the Harbor Master. A 40-foot boat, unless it's a motor boat, draws well over six feet. Mine's six and a half feet. I'm trying to get out of my slip because it's too shallow. I'm stuck in the mud. So the whole harbor has to be dredged, not just the harbor entrance. You voted on a project of six or $700,000 that's going to waste everybody's money. The whole harbor has to be dredged. It's a multi-million dollar problem. And if you had it sent it to the operations committee, this would have all been discussed. We would have brought some engineers in to talk to you about it. The sand pit outside, which um, my colleague will talk about, was authorized by BCDC. And Cal Boating expected you were going to maintain it. That 50-foot pit would have trapped all the sand that's now clogging the harbor. So I think you didn't have the information on which to vote. I'm sorry. Your time is up. And I do not know why the room did not make a, a okay. bell sound. Thank okay. you very much. I'll have my memos and Thank also the yeah. supporting documents. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Next speaker, and uh, apologies about not having a warning. Usually you have a bell at 30 seconds, so just <coughs> keep an eye on the, um, the timer in front of you. Hello, my name is Risley Sams. I'm also a tenant of the harbor. I am on the harbor com SF Harbor Association, as well as I am appointed dock captain by uh, Scott Gurney, the harbor master. So I represent all the tenants, especially the ones along Marina Boulevard. And basically what I want to talk to you about is that we should not be doing this 21% increase and there was not pr proper notification. And unfortunately, the reason why we shouldn't be, we as har tenants shouldn't be um, looking at this 21% uh, increase is because the harbor's basically been mismanaged from the get-go when it was uh, redesigned and built before the America's Cup in 2013. Sadly, Part of the mismanagement was the failure to hear the stipulations of the BCDC permit, which was issued to rebuild it, and as well as the California boating permit. Both none and the loan covenant, the loan covenants in that. The silting in problem has been everyone's known about it. They were supposed to put in a 50-foot pit that was to help catch all the silting in and go away where it built up in the harbor, we now have a very, very serious risk. And so, you know, it, I can't sail my sailboat in. I don't have an engine. I have to sail and tack up. I can't even do that. And then the harbor also failed to um, build, develop a $3 million reserve emergency fund for extraneous maintenance like this. That was never built. We suggest that you use that money 
it was supposed to be set aside part of the, BC, uh, the loan covenant of the California boating, which was not done. So we suggest you use that money or take it from the harbor fund or take it from the general fund, not take it from the tenants who had nothing to do with this and did not have part of the mismanagement. Sorry about that. And I'm done. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Is there anyone else here to speak? Okay. Come on up. Thank you. As a reminder, the bell's not working, so just keep an eye on the time in front of you on the um, desk. I'm a little unclear. What's continued to item 10 and what is now? Oh, um, so we have general public comment in, in the uh, meeting twice. In case it goes past 15 minutes the first time, oh. we will continue it to item 10 in case there's anyone else who'd like to speak. I see. So okay. it's not an opportunity to speak twice. Uh -huh. So, okay. yes, I'm going to start your time over. Okay, uh, my name is John Goldman. Um, I am a park user of the Victoria Manilow Graves Park, which is between 6th and 7th on Colston and Harrison. I want to alert you to something that's been going on. Maybe you already know about, maybe you don't. The rear area where the ball field is, which uses installed some really nice lighting there, has been locked to the public. It's been uh, not accessible to the public. Now, according to code section 3.03, uh, this can only, the public can only be excluded from that rear area if your commission has voted to do that or if Bill Ginsburg, the general manager, has uh, decided to do that. I don't know if you have voted to close the rear area of Victoria Mantle Draves Park or not. If you have, I understand why it's locked. If you haven't, I don't understand why it's been locked. I've heard a couple different I reasons that this may have occurred. I talked to Park Ranger Lou, LIU, and he said he thought that there was going to be reseeding in the back area, and that is why it's locked. However, that seems unlikely to me since normally that would occur in the fall to take uh, advantage of the natural rains that occur over the winter. There has been no work in that rear ballpark area in terms of reseeding or any type of restoration of the grass. So I, I don't think that's the reason it's locked. I've also heard that there's dog activity back there, and that may be the reason it's been getting locked. I don't know, but what I do know is, in, is unless you have authorized public exclusion under Section 3.03, which can only be done in case of an emergency, or when the judgment of the Rec and Park Commission or the general manager determines it's in the public interest to close that rear area to the public, it shouldn't be locked. Lately, even the, um, <clears throat> the batting area has been getting locked. There's sort of a batting cage area. That's been getting locked partially as well. So I think, I'm guessing, a park ranger is doing that without authorization. If, or maybe the if there's a manager of the park, maybe he's been doing that without Sorry, your Sorry, your, your time is up. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Others. Okay, yes, next speaker. Thank you. Victor Garva. Um, I also, uh, for a long time, have been an active user of uh, Victoria Milano Davis Park. Um, I'm just here that, uh, to ask that the park be reopened. Um, as you guys know, I'm sure, uh, it is the only park of its kind in Soma. We have absolutely no uh, park amenities, I guess you'd call it. Um, we're kind of in a desert as far as that stuff is concerned. Um, and that park has been a, a very important part of uh, our community in Soma. Uh, and Soma really needs community. Um, so I would like uh, 
to ask you guys to please uh, reopen the phones. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is there anyone else here to speak during general public comment? Come on up. You'll have two minutes. Hello, guys. My name is, oh, good morning. My name is Hatim Mansouri. I'm 23 years old, and I grew up here in the city in San Francisco. I went to Sherman Elementary School, Marina Middle School, and Mission High School. In 2016, I graduated. And I just graduated from college last year uh, from Morehouse College and a degree of philosophy. Um, now I work as a civic engagement director for the Back on Track after school program, and I also work as a youth engagement aide for the Human Rights Commission. Um, I've always advocated for the betterment of this city and the youth, uh, whether that be a student representative for SFUSD or as a youth commissioner here in the city hall. Um, it is brought to my attention that the Palace of Fine Arts, um, being as an iconic landmark in this city, uh, is left wanting the community for it to do more, whether that be job fairs, um, town halls, um, uh, family gatherings, events, better treatment, fair pricing, transparency, all of these things are, are being wanted by the community that's not, that it's not providing. And um, for all of these reasons, I would love to talk more in the immediate future so that we can work together to ensure a more equitable and more community-focused Palace of Fine Arts. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Next speaker. Hello, everybody. Um, hello, Phil. Uh, my name is Red Snodgrass. I was born across the bay at Alta Vista. My mom was from Richmond Heights um, Projects in Richmond, California. She moved me very far away, but every summer we came back. And every summer I would get to spend time with my relatives and go to the free exploratorium. We didn't have much money, but that's where I was inspired. And that's where I started to really understand about science and community. And I fell in love with the iconic place, fell in love with San Francisco. So when I became older, I moved here. And I've been here on and off for about 20 years. I had a chance to actually be a tenant in the Palace of Fine Arts. We had a large accelerator there. Probably ended up making a bad decision. We were paying for 80% of the rent, maybe. right? But I love the place. And so we had moved, but we were uniquely aware of the challenges and issues when we were there, and also the opportunity. And so. Over the last few years, especially during the pandemic, we've seen kind of a creeping uh, business model that scratches an itch where they skirt the real issues to build community with our historic landmarks, and they have no risk. And we've been enabling it. And so we don't think that it's very representative of the things that our, the community stands for. We really want to see people have real benefit tangibly out of it represented uh, publicly in the press, but also give a real benefit back to the community, and we're here as friends. We're not here trying to pick at an issue. So we spent some time talking to quite a few people in the community um, that we feel are very representative, and we're, we feel like we have a handle on it. We want to speak to you and see if our ideas work, see if we come up with something that really like fundamentally moves us to do something better with these landmarks. So we're here as friends. Hopefully, we'll be able to show you some plans, show you some of the people behind us. Um, appreciative. Thank you very much. Thank you. Is there anyone else in room 416 who'd like to speak during general public comment? 
Okay, seeing none, I believe we have one hand raised on our line, so um, you'll have two minutes to speak. I'm going to have to let you know when your time is up because our bell isn't working in the room, but Jeanette, whenever you'd like, please unmute the caller. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, I, good morning, commissioners. Um, thank you so much for allowing me to make um, a comment. My name is Teresa Brandner. I am I'm a San Francisco resident, obviously. I've been a San Francisco Marina Harbor tenant since 2004. I've had a boat in the East Harbor and also the West Harbor. I was here during the renovation. Um, it's a beautiful harbor in a beautiful city, and I'm um, just a little bit surprised that this has come up so abruptly. I'm, I'm going to try not to repeat some of the previous comments, but um, I did participate by phone on the March or in the March commission, March 17th commission meeting, and um, that was regarding the vote on the proposed 21% rate increase. I did not find out about this other, just through the grape, other than through the grapevine. There was no notification sent to me as a harbor tenant, and this is a pretty significant rate increase. And I believe if people had known, you would have had a very crowded room. Um, since then, people have become notified through our network, and people are furious about it. And the reason they're furious is this is not an issue, and this was comment, the comment was made that this is an issue about people not wanting their rent to go up. Um, we've had a consistent rent increase. Um, they've been between 3% and 37% every year. That's not what this is about. This was about the justification that was presented for the increase and, where, and the issue that it's attending to address. The information presented was inaccurate and partial, and um, there was some very significant information and highly relevant history that was not presented or available to the commissioners as they were proceeding with their discussion. Overall, um, the pr presentation, I believe, was misleading, and I, I think you know, there has been a proposal to reopen this matter. That's very important, and this is about not about people not wanting a rent increase. This is about due process to notify the voters, to be receptive to public comment, and also doing some homework, finding out the right long-term solution. And um, we've been discussing a stand pit. Sorry, the, your, your time okay. is, thank you. Thanks for understanding. Um, SFGov TV, is there anyone else on the line with their hand raised? No further callers on the line. Seeing no further comment, public comment is closed. Okay, we are now on item six, the consent calendar. Commissioners, is there anything you'd like to remove from the consent calendar today? Okay. Don't see any. Then we'll need a motion to approve the consent calendar. Do we want any public comment <laughs> oh, on the right, consent thank calendar? <laughs> yes, was, is there any public comment on the consent calendar in room 416? Okay, seeing none. Is there any public comment on the line? Does anyone have their hand raised, SFGovTV? No. Seeing no public comment, public comment is closed. Chair would entertain a motion. So moved. So moved. Second. Moved and seconded. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. So moved. Thank you. Okay, we are now on item seven, the election of officers. So, um, I will go through uh, a little bit of the process for the commissioners, but first I'd like to take public comment. Is there any public comment on item seven, the election of officers in room 416? Seeing none, is there any public comment on our line? No callers there with their hand raised. 
though, public comment is now closed. So commissioners, this is the process for the election. We'll start with president. We will need a motion and a second to open the nominations for commission president, followed by a vote. I will then ask for nominations for president. Nomination. I move that we open nominations. Pardon me? I move that we open nominations <coughs> oh, well, for president. Let me just go through the rest of the process and then we'll I'm do that. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. Okay, uh, so we'll start with president, a motion and a second to open the nominations, followed by a vote on that. Then nominations for president, nominations will need a second. Once all the nominations are complete, I will close the nominations and then we will vote on the nominations. We'll repeat that for vice president. So first a motion and a second to open the nominations. Like to make a motion that we open nominations okay. for president. S seconded. Okay, and uh, all those in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, great. Um, so now I'm going to open the floor for nominations for president. I rise to nominate Mark Buell for another term as president. Mark has uh, definitely left a mark on San Francisco in the most positive <laughs> of ways. Um, it both um, in his raising of funds for not just the park, parks in uh, San Francisco, but also the Presidio. And he has always been somebody that's been there when the need arises. Um, I feel it's an honor to have him as our president. Therefore, I'd like to nominate President Buell for another term. Second. Okay, are there any other nominations for commission president? Okay, seeing none, the nominations for commission president are closed. All those in favor for the nomination of Commissioner Buell to be president? Aye. 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 Okay, Aye. any opposed? Okay, motion passes. All right, so now we're moving on to vice president. So I need a motion to open the nominations for vice president. So, so moved. Okay. Seconded. Seconded. Okay. All right. And all those in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. And now, would anyone like to nominate someone for commission vice president? Uh, I would, Ashley. Um, colleagues, um, I, I, Kat Anderson is with us uh, virtually, and I, uh, it gives me great pride, and I respectfully nominate her. Kat Anderson as Vice President of the Rec and Park Commission as, um, as you know, Kat is an example of all good things. And she was first appointed to the commission in 2016 by Mayor, Mayor Ed Lee and then reappointed for her second term um, by Mayor Breed. And um, it's always extra special when you are the first of anything. And when it comes to um, history of San Francisco, let it go down in the history books that Kat Anderson will always be the first woman to serve as vice president on the Rec and Park Commission. Mm -hmm. So uh, let this be a feather in her bonnet <laughs> and pride <laughs> for all women that serve this great city. And she leads with truth and integrity. She loves the great outdoors and colleagues, Cat uh, always asks great oversight questions. So I nominate Cat Anderson as a VP of the commission. I would like to second that motion. Thank you. Okay, are there any other nominations for vice president of the commission? 
Okay, seeing none, nominations are closed. All those in favor for Kat Anderson to be vice president of the commission? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Aye. <laughs> Any opposed? Okay, motion passes. I don't know if either of you would like to say anything, but the floor is yours. Well, Commissioner Anderson, would you like to say something? Uh, yes, thank you. I hope everybody can hear me all right. Yes, we can hear you. Um, I feel very proud to serve with all of you, my colleagues on the commission. I want to thank you for another vote of confidence and also really um, feature the wonderful staff that we have, the commission and the department. Phil, you've built a great leadership team and all the people that work with you and for you and for all of us in the city. I just want to extend my incredible sense of gratitude my admiration for every single one of you. Um, what you do is so important for all of us in the city. When I hear that you're happy working in the department, I, that makes me really happy. I'm sure there's always room for improvement. So if anyone ever wants to come to me and talk about things, I'm here. Um, but I think overall, we, we're doing a really fine job. And I've been a citizen of the city for a long, long time and the parks and the recreation spaces have never been better. And um, again, I just want to express my great appreciation for all that you do. And to my colleagues on the commission, you guys are great. You're my brothers and sisters and I, I love you guys. So thank you so much. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, well, let me say first, uh, Commissioner Griffin, thank you very much for those kind words. Uh, I genuinely appreciate it and I uh, thank the rest of the commission. Um, First and foremost, I don't take this for granted, uh, and I uh, hope it's uh, appreciated that I very much enjoy this work, and uh, I care passionately uh, about the parks. More importantly, though, uh, you know, uh, consistently when we have bond measures on the ballot, it requires a two-thirds vote, and consistently the public supports it. We, we have over 70-plus percent support in this city, which for a city department is probably, if not the highest, among the top three in being the highest. And that vote of confidence can't happen without a reflection of what the park system is about and what condition it's in and what kind of leadership it has. And, uh, and so I'm very much appreciative that the public uh, appreciates what's going on here and the effort that goes into it. And I also commend all the staff it's really a very rewarding uh, experience. I was chatting with Commissioner Mazzola earlier today about uh, being on this commission, and um, from time to time, uh, people are offered other opportunities and uh, reflect that they'd rather be here. And I think that's a real uh, uh, representation, too, of the condition of both the commission and the system. So with that, I thank you all. Uh, I'm very grateful. Mr. President? Yes. I'm sorry. I would also like to thank Commissioner Louie for your very thoughtful and somewhat embarrassing words. <laughs> thank you so much for giving me a, a little bit of credit. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I also want to thank our mayor. Thank you, Mayor London Breed and your entire staff for nominating me to another term. I'm, I hope that um, I'm doing a good job for you. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. <laughs> All right, we are 
done with the election of officers, and we are now on item eight, the San Francisco Zoo. Is there anyone here to give the zoo report? Yes, hello, come on up. Did you have anything you wanted on the screen today? Okay, just let me know when you're ready, and SFGovTV will put it up. Mm -hmm. Ready? Okay, SFGovTV, can you put the PowerPoint up on the screen? Thank you. Oh, here, let me turn on that mic. Go ahead. Hello? Yep. Thank you. <laughs> uh, first of all, good morning, everyone. Thank you very much. My name is Lamar, Vice President of Security and Belong with the San Francisco Zoo. I'd like to take this opportunity to just go over a view of our DEIA program and what we're doing at the San Francisco Zoo. Excuse me one second. Is there any way to raise the volume on that? No, you can, you know, you can speak into the other mic and just advance the slides as you kind of go. Um, I know the other one used to be longer. Hello? So that one's on as well. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. There you go. <laughs> All right. So we can go ahead and start off with the uh, program administration, followed by staff and volunteers, suppliers, and finally our visitors and how we interact with all of them. So look at our program administration is broken up with our diversity team comprised of an outside uh, facilitator and various levels of management, which we do rotate through to give people a fair shot. We have weekly meetings and also we set and measure the DEI goals. Our goals here at the zoo are pretty simple. First of all, we have blind hiring, which we've instituted. We also have distributing online surveys and training. We thought the surveys were key because we want to get a good metrics of what our staff is and where we need to go in the future as well. Uh, support employee breakout groups. So after we do have that training, we have members of the DIA group facilitate those groups so people can actually talk about what they've learned, uh, their feelings about the different issues, and where to move forward from there. And finally, we seek to improve in, um, visitor diversity as well. So looking as far as our training is going, we have our online portal, access to our employees. And in such, all the information is right there on what the DIA community is doing what our advancements are for the zoo as well, as well as the unconscious bias training, director's bulletin, and the DIA book club, which is another outlet for employees to go ahead and share their thoughts on different matters, whether it be about uh, diversity or different advancements. As far as staff and visitor concerned, we have two of our big programs, the 10 for 10 program and the interim at the zoo. Those programs are respectively with Gateway High School and Oceana High School. With those, we bring in more so underrepresented to youth, they can come and see the zoo from a different angle. They can learn things they typically wouldn't learn in the classroom setting and wouldn't be exposed to, uh, such as animal husbandry, uh, hospital, nutrition center, wellness, and even things along the lines as uh, marketing and education, for example, and our operations department. Kind of gives them a, a new track on things they wouldn't normally be exposed to, and we kind of roll that over into our <coughs> leadership fellows. With the leadership fellows, we also have an opportunity for them to get their volunteer requirements for their high school. And in addition to that, give them necessary skills to advance, not only in the zoo world, but also outside as well, too. And lastly, we have our spring bilingual um, Spanish immersion camp. Uh, with that, it's done primarily almost all in Spanish. Uh, it's a trial camp we're doing right now, which was uh, free initially. So we're trying that right now for the next eight weeks, actually. 
Our suppliers, we asked ask that our major suppliers, our security group, as well as our food and beverage group, do the follow suit with us as well. So we make sure they have their diversity programs in set because we don't want to be the only ones doing this. We want to make sure that all our suppliers, all of our partners are also following in suit too. And because diversity is not just about ethnicity, it's also about economic diversity. Some of the programs we want to put forward too as well, we want to start continuing our programs of the um, field trips for SF schools as well as our community partners. And one of the big things we have too as well is our Museums for All program. By joining the program, those with the SNAP EBT card, they can get up to four tickets to the zoo for only $3. Um, as you see on the graph right there, it's increased from um, about what's 1.5% to 4% into now 7% of our actual gate admissions. So we think that's a huge step forward as well getting the zoo to everyone and getting that accessibility right there. And we have community engagement finally. On the community engagement front, we wanna make sure that once again, it's also about neurodiversity too as well. So whether it's people with sensory, uh, compliance with ADA, partnerships right there, accessible playgrounds, rail on exhibits, or even different languages, we'll make sure to have that suit throughout the zoo. This is especially exhibited in our playground area, as well as our sculpture garden too, as well, where kids can get up close and personal, feel different things with tactile senses, which they normally wouldn't be able to get an opportunity to. Lastly, we're doing different kind of marketing channels as well too. So we wanna reach out to different audiences, to different venues, to see an increase in um, diversity at the zoo too as well. Not just going typical channels, but just opening up the zoo to different people so it's not only like in their wheelhouse but they see it as a viable option. So in conclusion, we want to go ahead and just have internal training, staff support, open dialogue, community and supplier partners, make sure they're following suit as well, outreach to underrepresented groups, and build an inclusive, <coughs> accessible environment. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Is there any public comment on item eight in room four sixteen? Seeing none, is there any public comment on the line? You can dial star three. We have zero hands raised there. Seeing no public comment, public comment is closed. This is a discussion only item. Commissioners, did you have anything you wanted to say? Yes, I had a question. Okay. Um, one of the bullet points in your presentation, I personally was interested in, and you really didn't say much about it, and that was the senior stroll. Oh, uh, could you explain what that is? I apologize about that. That's okay. In order to get our um, seniors an opportunity to see the zoo for themselves, especially more so during the pandemic time, I know we're still in that time, but a little less so now, we want to give them a chance to get the zoo uh, one hour early, actually. So once a month, we'll open the zoo an hour early. Uh, typically, we open at 10 o'clock on weekdays, so we open up at 9 o'clock, and from 9 to 10, it's just those seniors right there who have access to the zoo during that time. We also will offer a guided tour as well, but they're free to roam the zoo at their own pace as well. Great. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Okay, anyone else? All right. We are now on item nine, San Francisco Parks Alliance annual support, fiscal year 22 to fiscal year 23. Okay, SFGovTV, can you put the presentation up? If I can. And can I, this, this mic, oh, They both work, it's okay. just if you don't wanna lean down like that, you can talk in this one and kinda advance it as you go. All right, 
I know it's a little bit. I'm going to fumble around and we'll do the best we can. <laughs> um, good morning, commissioners. I'm Lisa Branston, director of partnerships at the Rec and Park Department, and I'm here today. <coughs> excuse me, to request that this commission recommend to the board of that the board of supervisors authorize the department to accept and expend. Um, up to $390,300 of cash or in-kind grants for annual support for community events, staff development and appreciation, recreation programming and other activities from the San Francisco Parks Alliance for fiscal year 2022-23, uh, so the upcoming fiscal year. Um, I wanted to pause for a moment and note that there's a change in this item from what you heard at committee, from which was a discussion only item, and now it's an action item seeking your recommendation to the board. And that's because as you probably know, the city has adopted a behested payments ordinance that restricts departments from soliciting funds from interested parties. Um, we've been receiving guidance from the city attorney that should allow um, at least a portion of this support to move forward, and I'll provide a little more detail on that at the um, end of my presentation. Um, so what we're asking for is your approval to accept as much of this annual support as we determine in consultation with the city attorney that we can accept. Um, and then, again, as you'll recall from other recent presentations, in May of last year, the department and the Parks Alliance entered into an MOU which summarized the overall relationship between the organizations. The department also made a commitment to, see, to seek accept and expend approval of annual support prior to the start of the fiscal year, as opposed to retroactively has, as had been done in the past. The MOU also required that all the support from the Parks Alliance be aligned with the department's strategic plan. Okay. So shown on, this, sorry, shown on this slide is the Parks Alliance's planned annual support um, funding for the department for next fiscal year. This year, um, the department's admin and finance uh, division and partnership divisions worked with each individual department division to establish um, estimated budgets based on planned programs and activities for fiscal year 22-23. And this is, um, in the past, we'd been sort of using average amounts. So this was a much more proactive approach. Um, the result, if you go to divisions and ask them what they'd like to do, they come up with a lot of ideas. So we really have some exciting things we'd like to do with this funding. But that did result in a larger than average amount of funding requested by the different divisions of the department. Um, because annual support spending was much lower in fiscal year 21 and 22 because of COVID, we believe we have the funds to um, do to support all of these different programs. Um, so this slide lists the categories of funding as outlined in the MOU and notes, as I said, that all of the um, projects are in alignment with the department's strategic plan as approved by this commission. And then I'll just give you a little bit of detail on these items and what the divisions would like to do, some new and some um, existing programs. So in the youth development um, category includes support for the department's Greenagers Youth Employment Program, 
some funding to establish a new Green Agers cohort from the Tenderloin. It also includes some funding for the department's Tennyson Learning Center program, which is um, housed around the city and has a hub at the Golden Gate Park Tennis Center. Um, community events includes funding for the department's four annual seasonal events, like Extravaganza that happened last weekend, and the tree lighting, and some extra funding for these events, um, for example, would allow the department to hire some extra rides, and that would reduce line time and just add, as we say, a margin of excellence to these events that the department um, primarily funds with public funding. Um, and then there's, we're expecting a return of public screening events to Civic Center, Civic Center Plaza or somewhere in the city as there are some big soccer games coming up around Thanksgiving time. Um, someone and uh, let's see. Um, and of course this fund, um, these funds support our bench maintenance work um, and particularly the commemorative bench program. The category funds materials and supplies and also generates funding for other projects that the department um, undertakes. And then one um, thing that we want to do in partnerships next year is update our partnership pathway brochure. This was developed um, early in my time at the department. It needs an update because we, of all the experience we have gained working with so many partners across the city. Um, and then in the recreation programs category, the funds will support miscellaneous program expenses such as our annual recertification of the mobile rock wall. And then in the staff development category, this support will fund staff development such as our RPDU employee conference um, and staff attendance at Greater and Greeter and other nationwide park conferences. We'll also continue to fund our employee recognition programs, which as I've noted a number of times before this commission, we truly believe has resulted in an exceptionally high level of staff job satisfaction. Um, and one new program under consideration would be a um, new junior rangers program run out of um, the department's ranger division. And lastly, additional support for um, um, materials and supplies for Park Volunteers Day. So a little bit about um, current status and next steps. So our next step is um, with this commission's support to submit um, accept and expend legislation along with the department's budget and seek approval this spring, early summer, following consultation with the city attorney's office. As I mentioned at the beginning of the presentation, the consultation is necessary because of the new behested payments ordinance enacted in January that prohibits soliciting donations from interested parties. This includes parties with permits or contracts with the department. And since the Parks Alliance does have permits by virtue of holding events in parks and also has various agreements with the department, we are regulated by the ordinance, and the ordinance strictly prohibits us from soliciting funding from the Parks Alliance. But we're moving forward with the acceptance of the bench program, um, sorry, we're moving forward with this 
because there is funding from the bench program um, that the Parks Alliance is required to set aside a percentage of proceeds from that program. And the an early analysis from the city attorney is that's a contractual obligation and not a solicitation or a behest. And we believe there's enough funding um, in the bench program to fund next year's programming as we work to determine other ways to adapt the relationship to the new law. Um, and then also to let you know, there is a measure on the June ballot called Measure E that basically takes the existing behested payments legislation and raises the bar for future amendments or exceptions to the law to require that they be passed both by a majority of the Ethics Commission and a supermajority or eight members of the Board of Supervisors. Um, and one last note is that we will continue to provide quarterly updates on annual support expenditures to this commission for increased transparency. So the commission will actually see all of the proposed and hopefully approved spending as it occurs or shortly thereafter next year. So I do hope you'll move this on to the full board of supervisors. And I know this is, I know it seems complicated to me and I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay, I do not believe there are any members of the public in room 416, but I do believe, uh, unless there's somebody hiding behind here. Nope. No. Okay, great, <laughs> just checking. Um, I do think we have one ra raised hand on the line. Is that still the case, SFGov TV? Yes, okay, so um, for those of you who are on the line, if you'd like to comment on this item, you can dial star three. And you can unmute the first caller. You'll have two minutes to speak, and I'll be letting you know when your time is up because our bell is not working. Hi there. My name is Amy Callender. I'm a research and development associate from the San Francisco Parks Lions. For 50 years, our mission has been to partner with communities and public agencies to create, sustain, and advocate for parks and public spaces that welcome and belong to everyone. We're proud partners of the Recreation and Parks Department and ask that you accept this gift of annual support to assist in their important work producing community events and recreation programming, as well as the development and appreciation of their hardworking staff. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone on the line with their hand raised now? No, okay. Seeing no further callers, public comment is closed. Commissioners? Comments or questions? I'm, I'm personally gratified to see this evolve into a more transparent process. I have never thought that there was a need for it, but it clearly became one uh, in, in the last year. And so I want to thank the staff for being responsive to that issue. And uh, I see Mr. Ginsburg, what, you have a comment? Uh, two comments. Um, the first one is just uh, to acknowledge Lisa and the work that she's done in what has been perhaps the most absurd and challenging two years of partnership work and development work that anybody who knows anything about this profession uh, could possibly anticipate. And Lisa has done it all with incredible uh, grace, resilience, extreme competence, uh, and most of all, the most transparent ethics of anyone, anywhere. So I want to get that out of the way. The second thing I want to say is, is that while that Lisa has presented to you a little bit of the flavor of why we raise money, 
the types of programs that and the things that we do when we raise money. And I don't think that any of you would, you know, second guess any one of those items. Um, but the third thing is uh, the legislation that was passed by the Board of Supervisors. And I know we do not talk about ballot measures in this room. But the legislation that was passed by the Board of Supervisors will have a very, very significant impact on our park system. It's going to have a significant impact on our entire city. Across city agencies, there will literally be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of projects and programs which will no longer be. So we have our work cut out for us to figure out a path forward that um, offers the, the ethics and transparency that the public needs and demands, but that still allows us to do our work and what was passed does not. Thank you. Commissioner Louie. Um, thank you, Lisa. And um, colleagues, you know, it just makes someone like our panel here just so grateful for all the philanthropic sponsors that stepped forth. You know, my parents raised me to always give back to a community and um, you have a lot of philanthropic, successful um, organizations throughout the nation that, that love their, you know, their parks. And so, you know, it's just, um, to me, it's a little sad that, you know, we have to have this, but I understand and agree with transparency in the city. But I, it just makes me extra grateful for those who step up and give and support and beautify the city. Thank you. Uh, before I ask for Commissioner Griffin, let me get a clarification. Do we require an action? Has this been modified to require an action? Yes. We're going to lose Commissioner uh, Mazzola uh, in one minute, so I'll ask Commissioner I'll Griffith. I'll, I'll make a motion. Oh, there you go. That <laughs> we send this request to the Board of Supervisors to accept this grant um, for 393 thousand and I've lost three hundred and ninety thousand three hundred right three hundred and ninety three thousand three hundred so moved second second moved and seconded any comments questions seeing none all those in favor all those in favor aye aye, aye. aye. opposed hearing none it is unanimous thank you very much Lisa Lisa before you go I just wanted Please to also me. commend you for the work that you've done over the last several years and for what you've had to put up with and thank you so very much. As when I was appointed to this commission and started going around to the parks again that I visited as a child, as a teenager, I noticed how beautiful they are. And I just don't think that they would look the same way if we had to just depend on general fund dollars. So um, thank you for your work. Thank you for your work. Thank you. Aye, aye. <laughs> You're here. Okay. We are now on item 10, general public comment continued from item five. Is there anyone on the WebEx who would like to raise their hand to provide general public comment? SFGovTV, no, nobody's there. So uh, seeing no callers, public comment is closed. We are now on item 11, commissioners matters. Commissioners, do you have anything to share? I don't see any. Okay. Um, 
And I'm just going to say that seeing no public comment, public comment is closed on Commissioner's Matters because there's nobody in the room and there is nobody on the line. Item 12, new business agenda setting. Commissioners, do you have anything for item 12? I'm not, I'm not sure if this is agenda setting, but just in response the public comment at the beginning around Victoria Manolo Draves Park, if we could just you, get you know, make sure that I'm checking with staff, awesome. uh, Commissioner. Yeah. I think the uh, although I wasn't entirely clear of their focus, it's uh, we we do uh, throughout our system, as as you know, we do keep baseball fields, particularly during baseball right. season, um, closed to off-leash dog use and things like that. Got it. Yes. Uh, the field was just renovated, um, so uh, I'm I'm checking with staff. Obviously, DMD as a park is absolutely positively open. It's possible that because they mentioned the rear, which is where the baseball field yeah. is. So that makes me think that this, it's possible that this is a dog issue. And I know that the field is open during the day for Bessie Carmichael School. Right, that's, I, that's what I thought yeah. it might be. Sometimes it's used for so school. To the extent that anything is uh, closed beyond our normal maintenance practices, we'll make sure that that's corrected. Thank you. Thank you. Seeing no other questions. Okay, is there any public, there is no public comment on item 12 <laughs> um, because again, there's no public here or on the line, so public comment is closed. We're now on item 13. Commissioner, uh, there's no public comment again, so public comment is closed. Commissioners, do you have anything to say about item 13? Okay, we're now on item 14, adjournment. Recommend a motion. So moved. And seconded. Moved and seconded. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. It is Aye. unanimous. We Thank you adjourned. very much. <laughs>